You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right now, there is no stopping the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to the Streak Podcast. In 2017, the Cleveland Indians went on an unprecedented, record-setting 22-game winning streak. You may never see anything quite like this again. For the next three weeks, you can hear each game as it happened, night after night, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. History continues to march on. On the Streak Podcast, we'll get the stories from the players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, and others. From the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse. Now, let's relive one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 19 and the final edition of The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhouse, and uh, kind of sad to say that because this has been fun, and uh, we've really enjoyed reliving the 22-game win streak for the tribe that took place back at the tail end of 2017 with the radio broadcasts each night here for the last month or so, close to a month on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network and also Indians.com. But uh, it did conclude on Memorial Day Monday night with game number 22, and what a memorable game that was. So uh, this is our final edition of this streak, and along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, we've really enjoyed bringing you some of the, the great memories through the eyes and voices of those involved, the, the players, the coaches, manager Terry Francona, and many, many more over the last close to a month. So hopefully you've enjoyed that, and uh, this will put a wrap on it, and hopefully you'll enjoy this podcast as uh, we move around and uh, take a a quick look back at the streak that was back in 2017, and uh, especially hopefully this got you through a time where there's been no baseball this season, and uh, we're waiting on that potential season here in 2020, and hopefully that's coming soon. Now, in case you didn't have a chance to listen last night, we will replay the great parts and scintillating ending to Game 22 here on the podcast. We'll also check in one more time with some of those players, coaches, and manager Terry Francona, who were a big part of the streak, and also find out how the Indians secured keepsakes and mementos from the streak for the team's archives and also the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. So without further ado, let's get right to it. The date, September 14th, 2017, Indians and Royals on a picture-perfect Friday night for baseball downtown. Progressive field was jam-packed as it just seemed like everyone in Cleveland wanted to be a part of the daily history, and now they were sitting on 21 wins looking for 22 as the Indians had set an American League record the day before with win number 21 over the Tigers. That surpassed Oakland's 20-game win streak that was the American League record. They set that back in 2002. Josh Tomlin and the Indians' bullpen pitched well for the Tribe that night, but Royals starter Jacob Junis and the KC pen was just a little bit better, and the Indians found themselves trailing 2-1 in the bottom half of the ninth inning. They were down to their last out, and in fact they were down to their final strike. But Francisco Lindor was the batter, and he extended history. Gonzalez modest lead at first. The 2-2. Swung on, drilled. Deep left field. Gordon back at the wall. Leaps, it's off the wall. Kicks back to left center. Gonzalez scores the tying run. Lindor, big turn. He'll stay at second. 
his last strike. Rips an RBI double the opposite way. Off the 19-foot wall and left. Eric Gonzalez scores the tying run from first. So on it went to extra innings, and at this point we settle in and let you enjoy the bottom half of the 10th inning of win number 22 in its entirety with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton. Well, the song and love fest for Jose Ramirez begins in earnest as we go to the bottom of the 10th inning in a 2-2 game. Right-hander Brandon Maurer is coming on, acquired from San Diego to fortify this bullpen, and he has struggled. He had 20 saves with the Padres, but he has a 7.85 ERA with the Royals. First pitch strike to Jose Ramirez. He'll bat left-handed. Bauer throws hard, but the right-hander has just been a major disappointment. The wind, the pitch, it's a little high, one and one. Bauer throws 96, 97 miles an hour. Slider changeup. Jose Ramirez, a three-hit game, the pitch. He swings and rips another base hit to the gap in right center. Cut off by Kane. He'll go for two. Throw to second, head first slide, double. Oh, he took a chance on one of the best center fielders in the game. A line shot hit to right center. Lorenzo Kane cut it off through to second and Jose Ramirez with a head first slide this time able to stay on the bag and has his fourth hit of the game. How about the guts of Ramirez? That's his 40. Now make it 50 doubles now for Jose Ramirez. Edwin Encarnacion with a winning run at first, one for, th- beg your pardon, winning run at second. The pitch in there, a strike. Encarnacion, one for three, a single and a walk. Ramirez, the game-winning run at second. Nobody out in the 10th, 2-2 tie. The right-hander's pitch, a swing and a miss as Encarnacion gave a shot to send one into orbit to Lake Erie. Bauer comes set. The right-hander fires. Just a bit high at 96 miles an hour. One and two the count. Kelvin Herrera blew the save, giving up a run on two hits in the ninth. Bauer, the fifth pitcher to work. He lets it fly. A swing and a foul back on the hard stuff. The count remains one ball, two strikes. Jose Ramirez, two doubles, two singles, a walk. He has 50 doubles on the year. And he continues to make some kind of case. He and Frankie Lindor, they're both American League MVP candidates. Now the set, now the pitch. Outside, that might have been the first slider we have seen from Mauer. Two balls, two strikes. Jay Bruce on deck. Everybody on their feet, almost 31,000. Now the 2-2 delivery. Checked on a pitch, just a whisker off the outside corner. Full count. 
Outfield for Encarnacion, a major gap in left center. Straight away in left and right, but Kane shading to right center in center field. Medium deep. The payoff pitch. Checked on a pitch down and away. Appeal at first. He didn't go. It's a walk. And the first two Indians are on base here in the 10th. And Jay Bruce. Oh, you know how badly he wants this at bat. With the Indians trailing by a score of two to one in the eighth inning. The Indians loaded the bases with one out in the eighth. And Jay Bruce first ball swinging fouled out to the catcher. And the bases stay loaded for two down. And then Carlos Santana fouled out. Indians tied it in the ninth on the Lindor. Two out double. Now the pitch to Bruce. Almost hit his back foot. Ball one. Jay Bruce tonight 0 for 3 with a walk. He couldn't get to Tampa quick enough when the Indians acquired him from the New York Mets. They got him on a Wednesday night late in the night. He was on a plane the very next day and was in the Indians dugout for the start of that Thursday night game in Tampa and then on that road trip would knock in 12 runs a major acquisition by Chris Antonetti Mike Chernoff and Indians ownership and now trying to deliver a game winner the pitch inside ball three three and oh I believe I beg your pardon two and oh Ramirez the winning run at second. Encarnacion the runner at first. Still nobody out in a 2-2 game in the 10th. Bruce awaiting the 2-0 pitch. Here it comes. A swing and a drive to deep right. Down the line. Base hit. Into the corner. Around third. Coming home Ramirez. It's a game winner for Jay Bruce. And history marches on. Center. Jay Bruce getting pummeled. As he smoked one down the right field line. A game winning single for Jay Bruce. And the Indians continue this improbable run. 22 consecutive wins. And the Indians get their first walk-off win in the streak. Three to two, the Indians knock off the Kansas City Royals. They tied it in the ninth inning on a two-out, two-strike RBI double by Frankie Lindor. And then in the tenth, Jose Ramirez doubled. Edwin Encarnacion walked. And then a line drive to deep right down the line by Jay Bruce. That short hopped the wall. He gets credit for an RBI game winning single. And the Indians get their sixth walk off win of the year. But the big number 22 in a row for the Cleveland Indians. Oh, yeah, their magic number is now three. 
What an incredible three-plus weeks of baseball. The Royals came here three weeks ago. The Indians pitched three consecutive shutouts against Kansas City. Those were wins two, three, and four. The start, basically, of the winning streak. The Royals come back three weeks later, and now they're victim number 22. In 10 innings, the Indians walk it off 3-2 to two over the Kansas City Royals. We're down here with Jay Bruce, and uh, Jay, a couple of days ago we were talking about one of your best moments in baseball, a walk-off home run to clinch a division title. Is this anywhere close? Hold on for the Gatorade shower. <laughs> is this anywhere close? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, this is something that, you know, so I guess maybe one other team's done, you know, and for it to be us is uh, a little bit surreal, but we're on a way, you know, we're just, we're just playing ball, man. We're just doing what we can, and now uh, we're playing great. And first time in the streak where you've been up against it in the ninth inning, but it, it seemed like maybe the team needs that a little bit, huh? I, I wouldn't say that, man. We were down to our last strike there. We had the right guy at the plate at the right time, and he was able to come through, and we got ourselves another chance. And uh, I always feel good when that bullpen door opens, and, and, you know, we got those guys coming in. How about you, the at-bat in the 10th inning? Take us through it. You know, I know Maurer has good stuff, great stuff. Um, he's gotten me a couple times. I got into a hitter's count there, and I just wanted to try not to do too much. That's kind of my... My biggest deal, if, if you know, always, you know, try not to do too much, and I think that's what that's what worked. I believe you said that, that the streak makes you feel alive. This kind of summed that up a little bit. I think it does, man. I think it does. You know, I, what I, you know, what I meant by that is September gets a little dull sometimes, you know, and uh, we're in a great situation where you know we're 14 and a half games up now or whatever it is, and uh, you know there can be a lull. You know, there can be a lull, and this streak uh, keeps us on our toes and keeps that fire lit a little bit more. Congratulations. Thanks for coming by. Thank you so much, man. That's Jay Bruce, the hero tonight, drives in the winning run. The streak is alive. Just an absolutely unforgettable night. And the next night, it ended. There was another sellout at Progressive Field on a Saturday night and another one-run ball game and another chance for Francisco Lindor to save the day in the bottom of the ninth inning. But baseball being the special game that it is, it just was not to be. And the Royals defeated the Tribe 4-3 to to end the streak. Now the fans that night gave the team a standing ovation after the last out, a touching tribute to a team that Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, still believes is one of the best, if not the best, that his staff put together in his time in Cleveland. I think with the benefit of hindsight, it's such an extraordinary accomplishment by a great group of guys. I think that was one of the best teams we've had, not just in terms of the talent on the field, but the way in which they came together and, and bonded. And so it was an extraordinary accomplishment. But the, the remarkable thing is in the moment, well, as the games were just ticking by, it seemed almost normal because of the incredible atmosphere that Tito creates in the clubhouse, where every day we show up, there's an expectation of winning. And the focus is, what do we need to to do today to win tonight's game? And that was never more evident than during the streak. So aside from rebroadcasting the games, how else are memories of history preserved? Well, Court Barry Tripp is the Indians' director of communications and player relations, and he says you have to think ahead about possible history events before they happen, and that was the case with the streak. 
Well, uh, you know, our communications department, our team, we, we wear a number of different hats, but as it relates to historical items, uh, Jeremy Fedor, our team curator and historian, uh, being one of his primary responsibilities. Um, one of the, I guess, less obvious responsibilities that, that we handle are in the midst of all the chaos, trying to, to capture pieces of history um, so that when the dust settles, we've got, we've got memorabilia and, and things that we can look back on to, to display either in our archives or at Cooperstown in New York. And when you, you look back at that, people involved, not only uh, yourself and, and Jeremy, but I know Tony Amato from the great clubhouse crew and, and MLB authenticators. Uh, but when it comes time to, to figure out and actually get these pieces of memorabilia, specifically a, a baseball that finishes a game, tell us about some of the challenges that you're looking at, especially specific to this streak. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Bart Swain and I, uh, we're typically tasked with handling the bulk of post-game responsibilities in the clubhouse. And a lot of that is media driven. So after wins, uh, you know, we're sort of hiding out right behind the dugout in the bat swing area, depending on how that particular ballpark is configured. And we've already talked to uh, our TV partners um, and, and you and Hammy to figure out whether you guys have post-game interview needs. So that's, that's our primary task right when, when a game ends that, that we've won. Um, so with this wrinkle, we decided that starting with, with the 15th win, we would try to secure the, the final game ball that was used. Um, so the final out, and there's different challenges that go along with that. There are monitors behind the dugout, you know, because of MLB rules that, that can't be a live feed. So there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, and then you just, the vantage point is somewhat limited in terms of being able to, to see, to see the ball. So if it's a, if it's, if it's a fly ball to the outfield, you got to make sure he didn't flip it to somebody else. You know, if it's a a strikeout that ends the game, sometimes the catcher will hand that back to the pitcher. Um, And, you know, in the midst of trying to dodge maybe a surprise kidney punch from uh, Tito, which has become sort of a tradition, um, especially when everybody's having fun, uh, you know, your head's kind of on a swivel doing all these things at the same time. Any players from that team, that came into play in, in those wins after, after game number 15, trickier to, to get a baseball from than others. Uh, there, it, it's, it's interesting. Some guys are, are more, uh, accustomed to it. So like Cody Allen, I remember when he sees you approaching you, he knows exactly why. So, you know, not much of a fight there. There's other guys like, you know, Santana would sometimes give you a hard time. Um, or if it, you know, it was kind of a position player that, that wasn't used to being asked for, for the final out, but guys, you know, as, as the streak reached that point, everybody kind of knew what was going on and why we were interested in, in preserving pieces like that. Um, game 22 was probably the most interesting situation of, of all of them because of how the game ended. You mentioned that it's a, it's a walk-off double. So, I mean, that ball could have gone into the corner or it's picked up by a member of the visiting team, in this case, the Royals. And uh, a familiar name was out there in right field. Explain what happened that night, because I know you were on the case uh, down on the field. Uh, for sure. So, like you, like you mentioned, games 15 through 21, those are all final outs. Somebody had the ball secured. Um, but 22, you know, all bets were off. And at that point, Melky had not been on our team. 
but interesting backstory. Um, before I'd ever met Melky, when he was on the White Sox, the White Sox have a, uh, a clubhouse member that works on their staff named Tom Bafia. So during batting practice, a few different games, uh, Melky and Jose Abreu would point at me and they would call me Bafia, which is what apparently they call Tom because we look alike. So I had had some interaction previously with Melky because of that. And as soon as I, I saw who was in right field when that game ended, that was my strategy. So I bolted down the right field line. And uh, then I, there was another wrinkle, one of Willie Jenks's visit, or, uh, visiting clubhouse staff members that I did not know beat me to the punch. And because we didn't know each other, he didn't necessarily know that he could trust me with the final ball, but he had the same, Willie had tasked him with the same directive, you know, make sure you get that ball. So I didn't even have to use the, the Bafia card with Melky. Um, but my, my new challenge became convincing uh, Willie's staff member that I, I was a trusted member of the Indians communication staff. And we made sure that the ball got to the uh, MLB authenticator in the camera well so that they could put the sticker on it. And, uh, you know, we got it to Jeremy Fedor after that. Unbelievable. The, the things that uh, you, you didn't think you'd have to go through when you're getting into this business. <laughs> but, yeah, it keeps it fresh. <laughs> How about, were there other, um, aside from baseballs that ended games, anything else that, that maybe ended up in Cooperstown or, or in our archives? Uh, yeah, so from our standpoint in the Indians to archives, uh, in addition to those eight baseballs, we got Jay Bruce's jersey from game 22. Uh, we the have the final. Uh, yeah. We, <laughs> yep. Um, and that's always an individual sort of conversation with the guys when things quiet down. And, uh, you know, generally you, you try to figure out if there's stuff that they want to keep for personal reasons in their own collection um, or what they might be able to, to offer up to the team. Um, always a negotiation of some of some sort. So we got, we got Jay's Jersey, uh, Roberto Perez, who had a really nice run during those 22 games. We got one of his bats and then the lineup cards from games 20, 21 and 22. Uh, and then to help our friends out in Cooperstown, um, we sent them a pretty nice package from game 11. We got Jose Ramirez's bat from the, the game in which he had five extra base hits. Uh, we have a first pitch ball, uh, by Corey Kluber from game 20 Clevenger's Jersey from game 21. And then the actual base, the se- second base from game 22, all of that now resides at, uh, the baseball hall of fame. Court Barry Tripp joining us, the Indians director of communications and uh, player relations. And, uh, we're talking about, uh, the PR staff's role in, in the 22 game win streak back in 2017. And, and court looking at it from, from that aspect, uh, when did things really start to, to ramp up in terms of demands and buzz from a media standpoint, uh, maybe comparable to a, a postseason situation uh, during that 2017 streak? Yeah, I, I think it was the point at which we were approaching and then eclipsed the 14-game the streak from 2016. That's when things started to ramp up. And I remember just the environment in the clubhouse started to feel more like, like the postseason, And, uh, you know, there was nothing that anyone wanted to do to stop it, but there, there were some light concerns, like knowing the grind that a, the postseason is, is having all of this national media in town and, 
you know, this, this vibe too early in September, uh, going to be detrimental in some way, shape or form. But the whole thing looking back was just exciting. Uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway. And that's a similar feeling held by almost everyone involved for manager, Terry Francona, a lifetime in baseball and a pro career that started as a player back in 1980 has allowed him to experience the best that the game has to offer. A couple of World Series championships with Boston, going to the World Series with the Cleveland Indians. And he says the streak, it, it has that niche in his memory bank of, of great accomplishment for his teams. Something's going to happen in our game where you're, even if you're playing really good baseball, you know, you might go 7-3 and three or 8-2, and two, you know, because somebody's going to pop a home run or somebody's going to get a bad hop hit. But to go three weeks... I mean, that is so improbable. Um, I mean, if anybody does it again, I hope it's us because it's fun living through it. But, I mean, that's just um, the last time, what, somebody went 26 games without losing because there's a tie in there. That was, what, 100 years ago. Tribe's longtime bench coach Brad Mills still marvels at what happened during those three weeks in 2017. It's, and it gives me chills. To say this, I mean, to see a group of men come together like they did throughout throughout this streak and and do something that nobody else has done, that's pretty cool. You know, that they're able to come together and 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 want to achieve something, play like they did, is is something that is just absolutely amazing to watch. And you were around us, you know, you saw the guys on the buses and, and everything else in the clubhouse. It, it, just how those guys came together. You know, we talked about the injuries. They had to overcome those injuries. But it just, it honestly gives me cold chills to see how a group of guys came together and played so unbelievably for 22 straight games. For the players involved, many of whom are no longer with the Indians, those 22 games were a signature moment of time spent in Cleveland. Closer Cody Allen was on top of his game in 2017, and he still smiles when thinking back about that stretch. You know, in the moment, I don't think guys really, or at least me, I can only speak for myself, but I don't think you really felt like guys knew what was really going on. Uh, we just knew we were playing really good baseball. And we had won a lot of games. And because our ultimate goal wasn't to win uh, X amount of games in a row, it was to to punch our ticket to the playoffs and go win a World Series. And and ultimately, we fell short of that goal. But um, I think just staying in the moment and focusing on, our, on the process at hand and, and getting ready for the next day, um, you know, we kind of looked back and we were like, oh, you know, after it was done and even after the season, going to the next season, we kind of looked back and we're like, dang, that was – that was a pretty cool moment. That was something that, that was pretty special. And, um, you know, I think it took some time away from the game to kind of realize the the gravity of what had just happened. Reliever Dan Otero has similar thoughts. Absolutely. I mean, it definitely was. And it's something that I think we'll be able to look back on even further down the road and almost appreciate it even more. Because I don't know if any team is going to come close to that for a while. You know, I know... 10 to 11 games happens pretty regularly on a year-to-year basis, but, you know, you don't see many games, any, many streaks get over the 14, 15 mark. And, you know, 22 is crazy. 
you know, just to think about it. And I think two or three of them were doubleheader sweeps, which very rarely happen in its own right. Catcher Jan Gomes won a World Series with Washington last fall, an unforgettable career moment, and he had plenty of great successes with the Indians, but he says the streak ranks right up there with some of the best he's been involved in. Absolutely. I mean, it definitely was, and it's something I think we'll be able to look back on even further down the road and almost appreciate it even more, because I don't know if any team is going to come close to that for a while. You know, I know... 10 to 11 games happens pretty regularly on a year-to-year basis, but, you know, you don't see many games, any, many streaks get over the 14-15 mark, and, you know, 22 is crazy, you know, just to think about it. And I think two or three of them were doubleheader sweeps, which very rarely happen in its own right. Current Tribe catcher Roberto Perez also was a key player in 2017, and he is still amazed at how good a stretch that was. To be honest, uh, that streak was was something special. Um, what I remember was that it was we would get to the field and we were not thinking about what was happening. You know, we were not thinking about the streak. We were not thinking about who were playing, who was playing, who was on the bench. You know, it was a matter of getting to the ballpark, get ready to play, and you know, win that day. Uh, that, was, that was all that matters. The only way, the only time we knew that we had a streak, it was, it was when the media brought it out, you know, or talk about it. Or after the game, we, and, and, and it was somebody different that night. You know, it was not, it was not um, Santana or it, it was not Lindor. You know, it, it was, a, it took the whole team to like, you know, get to that, to that streak. Um, you know, it was a it was a different guy each night. Um, you know, whether it was a base, whether it was a strikeout. I mean, it was it was it was unreal. That was that was no, that, that was something special. <laughs> I cannot describe. Um, and we were having a lot of fun. Everybody was together. Um, you know, uh, it, it was we were just having fun. We were just having fun. And the hero of Game Twenty Two. Jay Bruce, what about that Friday night against the Royals? As, as, as you go back and you kind of look at that game, I mean, we're down to the last out, the last strike in the ninth inning. Uh, tying runs yep. on base, Frankie Lindor's at the plate. What, what, what's it like in the dugout in a situation like that? Are, are people kind of like, yeah, this might be it? Or how, how do you – what was going on in well, that? You know, I don't think that – I think that at that point we kind of had, like, let the streak kind of be its own thing. Um, and with that being – like, saying that, I mean, like, we weren't riding every single pitch or out or run on, man, we got to do this because we have to, to keep the streak going. You know, like, the streak was something that was complementary of the success we were having. Um, but – you know, specifically because I can think back for myself, I want to feel like it was maybe the night before. It might have been that night. I feel like I should have caught a ball in right field um, and I didn't catch it. And I was, then you start thinking, man, if this is why we lose this streak, I'm going to feel terrible, you know, kind of stuff like that. And I'm sure every guy had that thought at some point during the whole thing. Um, But earlier in the game that I had to walk off double, 
I had an opportunity to do it earlier against Bookter. I had the bases loaded. And it was, it was, I feel like it was in the bottom of the ninth or in the eighth. I forget. But I had the bases loaded, I think, one out. And I popped up to the catcher. And I was like, I was thinking, I remember thinking to myself, was like, dude, you had every chance. Like, all you had to do was hit the ball fair. That's <laughs> it. Just hit it fair. And this would have taken care of everything. And so then I was like, gosh, that's a blown opportunity that I had. And then Frankie comes up, and lo and behold, he's got one strike left and hits the ball to left field that a lot of times Alex Gordon catches. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an incredible left fielder. We all know that. Y'all know it probably better than anybody. And it was just out of his reach. And then it was like, oh, my God, we're going to do it again. <laughs> we're going to find a way to do this again. And that's kind of the what I remember saying a lot throughout the whole thing is like we're going to figure out a way to win this game again uh, we weren't ever very we weren't behind very much that was for sure but we were going to find a way and that night was the same thing once Frankie did that we were going to win 100 percent, no doubt about it um it was god it was crazy that was so fun good stuff from all and the voice of the tribe tom hamilton Well, 30 years as a major league broadcaster with the Indians means he's seen a lot. And there was something about that streak that was different. Yeah, you look at it, Rosie. The club, when it started the streak on August 24th, had a record of 69 and 56. Not bad. 13 games over. Had a four and a half game lead. Three weeks later, they went from 69 and 56 to 91 and 56 and the race is over. It's, you know, you talk about, you know, a ball club maintaining an even keel and, you know, you can't win or lose it in the stretch. Well, they won it in a three week period. They won the central division and, you know, did it in historical fashion. And, uh, you know, I hope history remembers the Indians, you know, the way they should be remembered because, you know, in a lot of ways it's, best streak in the history of the game because the New York Giants had a tie in the middle of their 26-game win streak, and not quite certain how that equates to a winning streak if you have a tie game. But nonetheless, you know, it's uh, it's been what has been a part of a, a really a great decade of baseball here in Cleveland. The 2010 period is is one of the best decades of baseball in the history of this franchise, and it was capped off by that historical run. And that is where we will end. We want to send out thanks to the following people who have helped put this podcast together for the last month. Brian Motze and Bob Coates at iHeartMedia for their production help. Bart Swain and Court Berry Tripp from Indians PR. Bart's tireless work in tracking down our guests made this podcast possible. And thanks to our guests, Tribe Manager Terry Francona, Bench Coach Brad Mills, Hitting Coach Ty Van Berkleo, Former Pitching Coach Mickey Calloway, Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti. Former tribe closer, Cody Allen. Former starting pitcher, Ryan Merritt. Former Indians relievers, Joe Smith, Dan Otero, and Brian Shaw. Former tribe catcher, Jan Gomes. Outfielder, Greg Allen. Catcher, Roberto Perez. Former outfielder, Brandon Geyer. And former outfielder, Jay Bruce. 
And of course, big thanks go out to my broadcast partner, the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to The Streak. The Indians' historical streak marches on. Thanks for listening to The Streak podcast, the inside stories from one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Your companion to the nightly game broadcast on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network.